when Uganda passed their anti-LGBTQ law, um, there was a lot of uproar on the international community with sanctions and embargoes and revoked visas and just threats left, right and center. But what people did not expect, or rather what the West did not expect, is that Uganda was going to gain support locally and they were going to have people who were going to stand by them. And the latest person to do that is Dr. Patrice Lumumba. And he says, listen, values are not monolithic, right? Human rights are not monolithic. It can't be that what America dictates is how we do it. America initially brought religion to Africa, the same religion that criminalized things like same-sex relations. Now America has changed its tone and changed its mind and now it's saying same-sex relationships are acceptable, so just jump on that ship. And PLO says, democracy is about allowing people to differ in thoughts, but still respect the fact that at least we are thinking, it's just that our ideologies differ. When the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was being initiated in Paris, no African country was independent. And at that time, they say the civil and political rights were the most important. Then they said that uh, economic and cultural rights were important. Then they say development rights. Now they say all rights are interdependent and therefore they are universal. But we must ask ourselves the fundamental question. Don't we have rights that are uniquely African? And on the question of this idea of being told periodically by the Western world that these are the rights that we must deal with, it is incumbent upon us to come out very clearly. When the white man came here and imposed laws on us, whether it's the common law, or the Dutch Roman law, they told us at that time that there is something called sex against the order of nature. Has nature changed? So we must be very slow to personalize laws. We must be very slow. And these arguments that they bring about bills relating to LGBTQ, they'll never say them to the Arabs. They'll never go to Kuwait. They'll never go to Bahrain. They'll never go to Brunei. They'll never go to Saudi Arabia. They'll never go to Indonesia to tell them. It is Africans who they think are tales to be wagged. Hello guys, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Ndiro Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and I am a digital content creator. I make content on black people, Africa, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Um, I bumped into a very interesting interview by Dr. P.L. Lumumba. He was speaking to um, a news outlet in South Africa and they interview, interviewed him on an array of issues. LGBTQ is one of the hot topics, but we'll get to that in a minute. This interview was very vast and they covered several topics. The first thing they spoke about was the African Union. This is always a conversation that, you know, when you meet thought leaders from the continent, you never cease to engage them because... These are conversations that begin in the 1960s, that began rather in the 1960s. The African Union has been around for such a long time. It, it, 
it, its mandate had been very clear from the get-go, but some way, somehow, the African Union has been unable to live up to its mandate. If you look at Africa, if you look at African states, some of them are in a state of disarray, there's civil unrest, there's still hunger, there's still poverty, there's still, you know, illiteracy, healthcare is not at the best place that it could be, infrastructure development is happening, but a very slow rate. Neocolonialism is taking shape and is more vibrant now on the continent than ever. And the question has always been, what is the AU doing? Where is the African Union? And this is what PLO had to say. We've been crawling for too long. The beauty is that we know we are crawling and we ought to be up and walking. We could have done better. The organization of African unity created in 1963 had a clear mandate at least in those early days of ensuring that countries regained their political independence when the organization transited to the au one would have seen a great wanted to see a greater pace in all sectors political stability education agriculture health trade and unity but that is not happening as fast as we want it to happen. And we are not impatient. We are saying that others have done it and we ought to do it. And the sooner we do it, the safer we are. So in a nutshell, the OAU is punching below her way. The challenges of Africa are not just reduced to... Um, uh, a union and a body that is not able to function to its full capacity as PLO said the AU is punching below its weight and that is just one of the reasons but also Africa has its own challenges you know we are currently seeing civil unrest in Sudan and this is going to become it's it's on its way to becoming a genocide people are dying people are fleeing their homes people are businesses are being disrupted travel is being disrupted people are losing their property their life their homeland because they have to leave some have to go to sudan some have to go to chad some have to go to egypt those who are lucky enough can be able to go to britain but this is the lives of people that are being disrupted because political leaders are deciding that they cannot sit down and broker power but it's not as simplistic as that if you ask me I suspect, and even when you listen to experts, that there are people that are using these two generals to fight proxy wars in Sudan. And the people of Sudan and these generals cannot see because Western agenda is always hidden in plain sight. You think you know, but you actually do not know. It is true that we are doing very badly. Remember, the year 2021 was declared by the African Union as the year of silencing of the guns. And this was made on the realization that if we don't silence the guns, then all the things we are talking about, including Agenda 2063, Africa Continental Free Trade Area, will not be realized. And the tragedy is that we find ourselves in a situation where the guns are even louder. And this is attributable to poor political leadership. Chinua Achebe put it so very well in 1983. The problem of Africa is simply and squarely a problem of politicians who are myopic, who are selfish, 
whose only claim to fame is that they use political office for short-term political benefit to the detriment of the people. And that is why, as you've rightly said, we now see a conflict which could very easily degenerate into a civil war in Sudan. We know what is happening in the DRC, Eastern Congo. You've talked about Cabo Delgado the coup d'etat that we have seen in Burkina Faso and in Mali, the attempted coup in, uh, in Guinea-Bissau, all these are statements of poor leadership. And as the wise say, rebellion and coups are the language of the people who are not heard. And the time is now that Africa must re-examine governance there is also the truth is that some of these governance systems that we inherited from the colonizers are proving very difficult to be effective. The thing we call democracy, which is defined for us by Western world to mean periodic elections complete with multi-party politics, these are some of the things that we ought to be bold enough to ask. Are there elements within our traditional governance structures that can be infused in governance in order to limit conflict and to ensure that conflict is mediated in a proper fashion. Speaking of unrest and disagreements of thoughts, um, currently Uganda is at loggerheads with the West. They passed their anti-LGBTQ uh, bill into law and they've criminalized a couple of things. For example, getting married, having children, adopting children, you know, having organizations in the country. And this is something that rattled many international bodies that rattled the West and, you know, um, there were visas that were revoked and the speaker of the national assembly was told she cannot go to the u.s anymore um there were trade threats that we will not do business with you we will ask our people not to come to your country as tourists and this is things that will affect the general economy of uganda however uganda is gaining support from other parts of the country from thought leaders from the continent the latest to add his voice to this conversation is dr patrice lumumba and he points out to the fact that the west are very 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 hypocritical it's almost like they are the only ones that know what human rights are every other person is ignorant of what human rights are and this is this is turning a blind eye to african culture the way we live, the way we believe, and our current problems. America has different problems, and that's why they can address them now. But the problems of Africa cannot just be pushed aside to address American agenda on the continent. I personally have supported President Museveni on that bill. And this is a point, this is an issue on which we'll have different opinions. The regime of rights which we are being asked to follow is a regime of rights that was imposed by the Western world in 1948, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. When the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was being initiated in Paris, no African country was independent. And at that time, they say the civil and political rights were the most important. Then they said that uh, economic and cultural rights were important. Then they say development rights. Now they say all rights are interdependent and therefore they are universal. But we must ask ourselves the fundamental question. Don't we have rights that are uniquely African? And on the question of this idea of being told periodically by the Western world, that these are the rights that we must deal with. 
it is incumbent upon us to come out very clearly when the white man came here and imposed laws on us whether it's the common law the dutch roman law they told us at that time that there is something called sex against the order of nature has nature changed so we must be very slow to personalize laws we must be very slow and these arguments that they bring about bills relating to lgbtq they'll never say them to the arabs they'll never go to kuwait they'll never go to bahrain they'll never go to brunei they'll never go to saudi arabia they'll never go to indonesia to tell them it is africans who they think are tales to be wagged so on this issue by the government of the Uganda and the people of Uganda, I am with them a hundred percent. There is no freedom outside of the law. How do you balance, balance the decision or the right to choose? Choose what? The choice must be limited according to the mores of a different community. And in any event, should we be talking about LGBTQ when we have no food on the table? And the danger, including with you journalists, is that now when you interview people, you have your own position that you want to impose on us. We refuse. We know. But in the United Nations Human Rights Council. But the United, no, but the United, United Nations Human Rights Council, is it some god? Is it not a body that is composed of human beings who have created a body where some are permanent members and some are not permanent members? Remember, in matters of morality, numbers don't matter. It is the mores. You may disagree with me, but I'm telling you without batting an eyelid and unapologetically that some of us oppose LGBTQ and you who are anchors. We are, I'm now telling you because I've seen it with other anchors from other parts of the world. You have a position and you want to impose on us. We refuse. Yours is to midwife to ensure that my views, if others have a different view, you go and interview them. But from where I sit, I oppose LGBTQ with every ounce in my life. Including that they must be killed. Uh, who said they must be killed? No, there is nobody who has said that, Mamas. I want you to read the law. They have not said that. Nobody has said that. Finally, I'm looking forward to deliver the lecture. I know you don't want to yeah. get into the content of the letter, but there's also uh, people in South Africa who are saying because the EFF took a stand and called President Museveni not to sign this uh, homosexuality built into law how can they invite you you know it is tragic that we are living in a world where there is a competition of ideas and then you are telling people only invite people who think like you think i find that intellectually insulting i know many people many friends with whom i do not share views on many things but when we disagree we disagree in an agreeable manner if you are inviting people, you want to associate with people who think the way you are, then that is the unanimity of the grave and the graveyard on the cemetery. And that is unfortunate. Democracy is a competition of ideas. And I don't impose your ideas on you and you don't impose your ideas on me. Those who think like that really are people who defy definition. 
Well, that was quite something from Dr. Pielo. Let me know what you think. Do you agree with him that we should allow Africa to move at its own pace, to decide what human rights is in the African context, to be able to have conversations at their own gradual pace and decide what is palatable for their community and what is not, you know? Um, I don't think that anyone in Africa, and I live in Africa, I don't think anyone is out to shoot or to kill anybody from the LGBTQ community, but we've seen people like the president of Rwanda say, the people of Rwanda have different challenges. They have different problems. They want healthcare, they want infrastructure, they want education, they want clean water. And those are the things that they're going to focus on. Let me know what you think. I'll see you again next time.